0: healing conversations about mental illness. Welcome back to Giving Voice to Depression. Today we're going to hear from 28-year-old Brooklyn artist, Ben. Ben has bipolar and depression, and he has offered to share his voice and give us all an insight into his experience of depression. And some really good advice as well. (laughs) That's right.
1: Ben was the first, but hardly the last guest who rescheduled our interview appointment because he was having what he called a rough couple of days.
2: Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I had like a major depressive episode. It was kind of one of those days where I didn't really get out of bed.
1: And that's rare for you.
2: It's rare, yeah. Certainly changing up medication can have a really huge impact, at least in the first couple of days, yeah. And so I think that goes back to your point of like that when there are days where you can take care of yourself and can feel like, okay yes, I give myself permission to be able to deal with this. There is like a lot more of a gentle approach rather than, okay everything needs to stop and we're in crisis mode or just pushing it down and then never dealing with it again.
1: Because it has a way of coming back up, doesn't
2: it? oh Totally. Yeah. Or it has a way of then getting displaced onto other things that then makes it more complicated because the, then you have to kind of untangle <laughs> like Christmas lights, kind of where exactly this thing is starting.
1: So Ben took the time he needed and then did this interview, untangling and then shining his light for our benefit. He shares the ways he's learned to manage his depression.
2: I think in the moment, like when I recognize, okay, we're kind of at code level orange or red. Mm-hmm there's kind of a toolbox that i've uh, amassed over the years of therapy of being able to think about these things i guess one of them is like a form of uh cbt the cognitive behavioral therapy of being able to kind of like do a self-diagnostic to just kind of at least see where my baseline is at that day and then for normal maintenance of like good health outside of therapy and medication. I think it is most beneficial to me is to have at least a part of the day where there's like a practice of some sort. But I think anything from like yoga to like certainly I bike a lot. So certainly having like an hour of just being able to do that and kind of drop in. I think that that's a good way of maintaining things. And I think most of it could be like, I don't know, shipbuilding or something like that. But I think (laughs) having any sort of scheduled practice and being able to focus on that is probably what's most important to me.
1: And we talked about what others can do to support and help him when he's at code level orange or red. An answer he says is tough because of ambivalent feelings during depression.
2: Like I feel lonely, but I don't want to be around people. I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat. Or like I'm not hungry, but I'm still eating. Like that there's a lot of contradictions that come across when people are dealing with depression, particularly I find. And so getting another party involved in that can be really tough. I have challenged myself to kind of be able to let my guard down, at least with some person that I trust. And that's been extremely difficult and something that is often at times, like I'm like, I just don't actually want to be doing this, but I am kind of forcing myself to to be able to talk openly with somebody.
1: Fortunately for all of us listening, Ben spoke openly with us. And we had some real-time lessons in just how valuable talking can be. First, Ben.
2: But there have been days where it's like everything feels gray and shitty and I if I had to, I could get out of bed and go do stuff, but I really don't want to. With the knowledge also that it's going to pass at some point too. And if it doesn't feel like it's passing, that there's other steps that can be taken rather than just kind of losing all hope and really falling into despair. I think that that's – man, that's – now that I mention it, that's a, been a huge difference over – The course of my years of dealing with this is that I don't feel despair as much as I had before, or at all, I guess. Yeah.
1: When did you realize you had gotten there?
2: Um, Actually, I mean, like, to first verbalize it, I think just during this conversation right now, I mean, particularly trying to describe it to somebody else. I think once you say it, that it's kind of out there now. And you can think of it as less of an abstract idea. Or you to take it from an emotional feeling to a more of an intellectual understanding, I think is always almost always helpful.
1: And then it was my turn to learn something that has already been helpful in managing my depression. Ben talked about the importance of timing when trying to support a friend or family member.
2: I think that if you know that somebody often has issues with depression and anxiety or both that if you in a time where things are going well for them have some sort of discussion about hey I'm here for you whenever that stuff happens or like if you ever want to talk or if we can always do like a I don't know a movie night with no questions asked or something like that when someone's feeling good I think that that's a lot more beneficial than coming in suddenly when someone's feeling depressed And also that that also opens up the discussion where it's like, yes, the person's able to talk about it in a way that is more objective and probably feels a lot more comfortable. And then also maybe even setting up, yeah, like a future plan for like, hey, yes, this has been a really hard year for me. And like this year is going to probably, you know, in the foreseeable future, things are going to be tough. So like if there are days where things feel particularly low, like this is something that you could do for me. And I think that that's probably... The most effective is talking about it when it's not happening, just so that when it does happen, like you kind of know what to do.
1: It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It would be so much easier to have a logical conversation when you're seeing your life and yourself more clearly, right?
2: Depression is something to be discussed when people are feeling just fine, too. Going back to like the diabetes thing, it's like, it doesn't get just treated when it's in crisis mode. It's more of kind of like, oh yeah, things should be maintained. It doesn't have to be a big deal either. It can be a very either quick conversation or if it's brought up in a way that isn't like, okay, listen, here's like a secret or here is a something to be concerned about, particularly when somebody's feeling like fine and kind of come up with a game plan of like, if things do, which they probably will get a little bit hectic sometimes or feel really down that here's kind of like a thing that we've already talked about and we don't even have to take the energy to describe it at that point.
0: I love that game plan idea. You know, you do are, it too. you're able to talk about it. Um, as he said, more objectively, less charged. You have a little bit more resources in your head going on to come up with some good things. And, you know, you might not need it today, but to uh, give somebody else some tools on how to relate to you In a way that feels like it might actually support you is is just brilliant.
1: Brilliant. And and we've talked on our Facebook page about uh, asking people specifically what they would like others to do for them. And we'll set that up soon so we can record some of those. But I keep thinking just uh, to say, hey, when I go into the rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it, you know, if you could just text me a couple times a day and let me know you're there, I'm not alone. You know, you would come over if I wanted you to, even though I don't. you just feel connected. You'd feel like someone cared. Yep. You're not alone.
0: There's a great metaphor I'd like to share about an inner tube. And when he was talking about suppressing our feelings or trying to push through it or ignore it, mm-hmm. it's if you're in a pool and you've got a great big blown up inner tube and you've got your arms locked and you're holding that inner tube under the water, analogous to, to suppressing one's feelings. And at some point you either get distracted and change your pressure or your arms get fatigued and that inner tube just shoots with great force up and out of the water and that's exactly what happens i think energetically when we do it and it can hit somebody in the face or take somebody out and that is certainly what um i believe unexplored and suppressed emotions do as well interesting great metaphor And when Ben talks about saying,
1: you know, this has been a rough year and it might get a little dicey or whatever words he used, he knows of what he speaks because he had a particularly bad year in 2013 when he was jumped by three 19-year-olds and they knocked out his seven front teeth and broke his shoulder and collarbone. He has a hairline fracture in his skull that resulted in some brain damage. So oh, awful. What trauma. And then he started grad school. So that would be a time when he had to sort of put that inner tube underwater to move on with his life. But as you just said, it, it, it comes back and affects things. So uh, I love the idea, as you said, of, of just being on top of it and, uh, and getting even a little ahead of it.
0: Yeah. Having a game plan was his word. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's going to come
1: back. Yeah. You know, even like right now, we're both feeling pretty good, but you look over your shoulder every now and then.
0: Yep. And when I hear him say he's changing his meds and changing your meds changes things, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's bad and then good, but it's changing your meds changes things. And I do wonder if if Ben's um, depressive episode was in part because of the scheduled interview. I really do think that the opportunity to review and put words to and kind of rehearse or practice it in your head, I believe that that act is a cathartic act that is healing and that in the process of moving toward healing, it stirs things up. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate him putting himself in a position to move himself to the next level. And I know that it helps all of us move to the next level. It absolutely does. Very grateful. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. We hope that our podcasts bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage. To give voice to depression. And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, as well
1: as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And
0: please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.